You're listening to Comedy Central. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Throughout his presidency, one of Trump's signature issues has been cracking down on immigration. Whether it's building a wall, ending DACA, throwing out Jared's Shakira CDs, or renaming San Antonio Saint Tony. And now, Trump is spending his last weeks making it much harder for legal immigrants to become citizens. Behind the scenes, beneath the surface, this administration is rushing to complete a series of tasks as the president's term winds down, cementing a number of immigration actions, like making the citizenship test harder for people who are trying to become American citizens. Immigrants hoping to become U.S. citizens will have to answer more questions about American history and politics. Immigration Services says it's expanding the naturalization civics test, adding more questions and topics. Starting to December 1st, applicants will have to answer 10 more oral questions, a total of 20. The civics test is one of the final steps to becoming a U.S. citizen. Okay, 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 hold on, guys. This isn't fair. How's Trump gonna create a citizenship test that even he himself couldn't pass? He may as well make immigrants do a pull-up. But if Trump is gonna expand the civics test, I think it's only fair to let applicants answer the questions the way he answers the questions. To become a citizen, you need to answer this question. What did the Stamp Act of 1765 institute? Yo, that's a good question, man, because nobody knows the Stamp Act better than me. So many stamps. Some say the greatest Stamp Act there ever was, really, if you think about it. But we're looking very strongly into it, and I'll have more to tell you in two weeks, I say. Uh, I guess you're in? What's worse is that it's gonna be even harder to study for this test now that so many Confederate statues have been taken down. Oh, what have we done? There's no other way to study US history. I do have one question though. Are we sure that making the citizenship test harder was Trump's idea? Cause I don't know. Maybe it was Melania's. I'm sorry, Donald. They say I have to go back to my country because I don't know enough to be US citizen. I don't understand, Melania. You answered all the questions. Ah, uh, they just added new questions so much harder. Okay, bye now, bye-bye. And if you think Trump is being hard on immigrants, just wait until you see what he's trying to do to prisoners. And federal execution policy also seeing some significant last minute changes here. The Justice Department creating uh, new regulations allowing for the use of more methods for federal executions, including firing squad and electrocution. That's right, people. Trump is expanding the ways the federal government can execute someone. You know, there's old ones coming back, like the firing squad and the electric chair, and the new ones, like getting in the ring with Jake Paul. And look, I don't know about you guys, but honestly, I would prefer being executed by firing squad than a lethal injection. I mean, first of all, there's always the chance that I'll get saved by Zorro, and second, a firing squad requires a lot more people, so I'm creating jobs for the economy. 
Also, if you are gonna have executions, a firing squad is just a lot more badass. You know, you get to wear a blindfold, you get that cigarette, come on guys, do your worst. Whereas with lethal injection, it's like, oh man, I gotta go to the doctor and then die? And by the way, one thing I've never understood about firing squads is, why do you need a whole squad? Like, how bad is their aim that they need eight people to shoot at you? This is America. One person can kill 30 people in a minute with a gun. You don't need eight people to kill one person. Now, what's really interesting is that Donald Trump isn't the only one who's trying to go big before he goes home. Many of his international allies know that when Joe Biden steps into the White House, they won't have as much leeway to do whatever they want, which is probably why Israel decided that now is as good a time as any to take their shots. This morning, mysteries surrounding the assassination of Iran's top nuclear scientist. An Iranian official now saying Israel used electronic devices to kill Mohsen Fakhrizadeh remotely. Reportedly been traveling with his wife in this bulletproof car, you see, when he heard gunfire and got out of the car to check out what happened. And that's when reports say that a machine gun apparently operated by remote control attached to a Nissan pickup truck gunned him down. That Nissan apparently then exploding in what Iranian media claims was a self-destruct function. God damn! Remote control machine guns? Self-destruct buttons? We thought the new James Bond movie was delayed. It turns out that shit was playing out in real life. It almost feels like Israel is getting its assassination ideas from video games. Soon Iran scientists are gonna start getting killed by Kirby. They even had that Nissan self-destruct, which by the way is a terrible ad for Nissan. We need a car to use once, then blow up. So we'll take the Nissan. Although if I'm perfectly honest, I don't know if I believe every part of the story right now. Cause like, I struggle to understand the concept of a nuclear scientist getting out of a bulletproof car to check out where the bullets were coming from. Why would he do that? He's a nuclear scientist. Not like some guy who eats paint for a living. Also, I think there's a broader takeaway for us to learn here, which is that you only wanna be your country's second most important nuclear scientist. So remember kids, study hard, but not too hard. Now, it turns out that this assassination may have been illegal, but it was also a very slick move diplomatically because Israel knows that Joe Biden wants to bring Iran back into the world, but killing their top scientist is gonna make that a lot harder because now Iran is gonna want revenge, right? And then Joe Biden's trying to make peace. He's gonna come on like, oh, come on guys, come on. Let's all just get along. Come on, Iran, what do you say? We deserve revenge, Joe Biden. Wouldn't you want revenge for whoever did that to your ankle? No, man, this was done by a dog. Yes, the man who did this to you is a dog. Yeah, he's my best friend. You are a very strange man. Now, even though the United Nations is begging every country to just pump the brakes, I don't think this kind of thing is gonna stop with Israel. I think in the next two months, you're gonna see all of Trump's friends trying to cram in as much as they can before he leaves office. Vladimir Putin might just invade all of Ukraine. Saudi Arabia could execute everyone else at the Washington Post. And Kim Jong-un, whew, he's gonna be the worst. He's gonna take advantage of everyone being distracted and finally get those bangs that he's always wanted. <laughs> President-elect Biden, America's Control-Alt-Delete. He's been assembling his new administration and it looks like he's putting his best foot forward. Well, I guess it's his only working foot, but it's still pretty impressive. 
President-elect Joe Biden is unveiling key members of his foreign policy and national security team today. The players are familiar from the Obama administration and notable for their diversity. If confirmed, Alejandro Mayorkas will be the first Latino and immigrant to serve as Secretary of Homeland Security. Avril Haines will be the first female director of national intelligence. And Linda Thomas-Greenfield, a career diplomat, is nominated to represent the United States at the U.N. Mr. Biden also announced his new White House communications team. It is a diverse all-female group, including several mothers of young kids. Now that is progressive. An all-women communications team and a national security team that is racially diverse. People all over the Middle East are gonna be like, what an honor, what an honor to be bombed by such a woke administration. And a communications team of all women will be a refreshing change because let's be honest, guys, men are always lying about size to try and impress people. But don't be fooled. This team isn't as diverse as it seems on the surface. For example, all of these people have experience in their fields. Yeah, everyone's experienced. The Trump administration would never have tolerated this kind of discrimination against incompetence. Shame on you, Joe Biden, shame on you. Meanwhile, on the other side of reality, Donald Trump's attempt to cling to office faced another setback yesterday when Wisconsin and Arizona became the latest states to formally certify Biden's victory. And the Arizona ceremony happened at a particularly awkward moment for Donald Trump. As the governor was signing the certification documents, his cell phone buzzed with the ringtone of Hail to the Chief. Ducey has previously said he set that song for calls coming from the White House. This time, he muted the phone and set it aside as he signed documents that made Trump's loss official. That is cold. Sending the president of the United States to voicemail like he's spam? Which he is, but still. You know Fox and Friends were watching this like, oh, that's a good trick. We, we can just not answer the phone. We gotta try that. And you know what made this move especially gangster? Is that he knew Trump was watching him on live TV. We've all had that moment where we think somebody's ignoring our call or our text, but to actually see it, to see him look at his phone, see your name, and then put it away, ooh. That had to hurt. Trump was probably sitting there like, this is so painful. I've got to call Melania and tell her how bad it hurts. <phone rings> ah, I guess Melania also can't come to the phone right now. And as upsetting as those losses are for Trump, it's even more frustrating for Trump supporters because they must be wondering how their guy can possibly still be losing, especially after they've donated tons of money for the legal battles against the rigged election. Well, it turns out that that's not where all the money may be actually going. The president's unfounded claims of voter fraud and misinformation surrounding the 2020 election are proving to be lucrative for Team Trump and his allies. A source tells CNN the president and his political operation have raised more than $170 million since Election Day. Now, a fraction of this money will likely go to fund whatever is left of the president's legal fight here. But most of this money, there is very few restrictions on any of this. And most of it will likely go to fund the president's own personal activities. He can take that, uh, that piggy bank with him for whatever he wants to do in the future. 
I see you, Donald. I see you. Here we were, all thinking that you were really challenging the election results. Shit, you were just hustling. Look at this man. Look at this dude. Even at the very end of his presidency, Donald Trump is grifting his own supporters out of their money. I guess the one thing he doesn't need to recount is his balls because clearly this man has a massive pair to go out like this. I mean, damn. We all knew that he'd probably grift hard on his way out, but hustling $170 million from his own supporters? Whew. It's one thing to steal all the shampoo bottles from the hotel. Well, Trump, he's taken the piano from the lobby and the indoor pool with him. One of the weirdest quirks of being an American president is having the power to pardon anyone for any federal crimes. Sort of like a cheat code for America's justice system. And it looks like President Trump is gonna spend the next two months mashing those buttons. President Trump may soon wield the power of the pardon in unprecedented ways. Multiple sources say the president is weighing whether to preemptively pardon family members and several of his close associates. Among the names the president has discussed behind the scenes, the oldest three of his five children, Don Jr., Eric, and Ivanka, as well as his son-in-law, Jared Kushner. Sources tell ABC News the president's lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, is also among those who in recent weeks directly asked President Trump for a preemptive pardon, though Giuliani he denies it. Let's just break down uh, crystal clear what's being considered here. We're talking about pardons being issued before the president leaves office for people who've not even been charged with the crime. A preemptive get at a jail free card before a crime has even been committed, possibly for friends, family, even the president himself. Oh, guys, that is adorable. Trump is pardoning his kids and his house pets. And he's not even pardoning them for anything specific. Trump is just handing out pardons like they're gift cards. I figured I'd let you pick your own crime, so enjoy. Do something crazy, you know, live a little. Of course, the big question now is, can Trump legally pardon himself? Because you see, no one knows for sure. But I actually want Trump to try it, just because it'll be fun to see how he'll do it. You know, he'll probably be in the mirror like, I hereby pardon you. No, I pardon you. Stop pointing at me. I'm trying to pardon you. But you're pardoned. You're so good looking, but you're pardoned. And before you say, oh, typical Donald Trump, only in it for himself. Well, hey, that's not true. It turns out that anyone may be able to get a pardon from Trump for the right price. The White House is investigating a potential bribery scheme involving presidential pardons. It was revealed in heavily redacted court documents pertaining to a search warrant of several offices. The investigation seems to involve at least two individuals who, quote, acted as lobbyists to senior White House officials without registering as lobbyists, quote, to secure pardon or reprieve of sentence for a person who appears to be known to investigators, but whose name has been redacted in these newly unsealed documents. The investigation also involves an alleged offer from someone whose name had also been redacted of a, quote, substantial political contribution in exchange for a presidential pardon or reprieve of sentence. The documents do not name President Trump or any other White House officials, nor do they say whether anyone in the White House knew about the alleged scheme. Whoa. So there was already controversy over Trump's pardons and now bribery might be involved as well. Basically, Trump managed to shove one of his scandals in the middle of another scandal. So impressive. Now, to be clear, 
All we know is that someone apparently offered to bribe Trump with a campaign contribution in exchange for a presidential pardon. We don't know if Trump actually pardoned the guy. We don't know if he considered it or if he even heard about it, all right? We don't know what Trump did. I will say this though, after knowing him for this long, I think we can assume that my man is not gonna turn down some pardon cash. If anything, I think we should be impressed that he hasn't started targeting Instagram ads to former felons. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Our first ray of sunshine comes from the moon. And I know, I know some of you are thinking, how can you have a ray of sunshine from the moon? Because the moon reflects light from the sun. That's what moonlight is. Don't you remember third grade science? I actually don't remember it either. I just Googled it now. Anyway, here's what's happening on the moon right now. Right now, a Chinese robotic craft is collecting samples on the moon, a touchdown in an area where Apollo and even the Sputnik missions have never ventured. China's space administration says for two days, it will drill, it will collect samples. The goal to bring back about four pounds of dust, of rock and debris later this month. And those samples, amazingly, will be the first brought back to the Earth in 44 years. It's been a while since we've done that lunar exploration. Wow. We haven't collected any moon rocks in 44 years. I'll bet that they've changed a lot since back then. You know, they've probably graduated moon college, met another moon rock and had some little moon rocks of their own. Then they started moon rock drinking and developed a problem gambling. And then the one moon rock tells the other to get his goddamn act together. And he's all like, why don't you mind your goddamn business? Anyway, it'll be nice to catch up with those moon rocks. And you gotta admit, this is pretty slick of China to do this now. Just when everyone discovered that they lied about their numbers and the extent of the outbreak in Wuhan. Uh, excuse me, China. Did you lie and try and hide COVID when it started? Oh, I would love to answer your questions, but we have to go get rocks on the moon. Also, I just wanna put it out there, but maybe this isn't the best time for humanity to be visiting the moon. I mean, I can't even travel to Vermont without a quarantine. Maybe we shouldn't be sending humans to touch things in space. I don't want aliens coming down in two weeks like, what the hell, guys? You gave us COVID-19. We're so sorry, aliens, we didn't mean it. If if you put on a mask, it can help. Don't take away our freedoms. But let's go back down to Earth for some news from the United Nations. You know, it's where all the world's leaders gather together for a slumber party. And the organization that brings nations together now has something to bring to the party. The United Nations has now removed cannabis from their list of most dangerous drugs. Marijuana had been categorized by the World Health Organization as a so-called Schedule Four drug. Heroin is in the same group. Well, now a panel voted to move cannabis into a lower category known as Schedule One. It includes drugs that are still considered highly addictive, but can also be used medically. Many countries look to the UN classification for policy guidance. That's right, people. The United Nations has officially removed cannabis from its list of most dangerous drugs, which is fantastic. Because if any group could mellow out a bit, uh, it's world leaders. I mean, right now, Israel and Palestine hate each other so much, but if they smoked a little weed together, 
Couldn't they become friends? Well, the answer's no. They'd probably still hate each other, but would they want to get off the couch to do anything about it? I mean, smoking weed could even help end the Jollof Wars between Nigeria and Ghana. Adibo, you know, when I smoke and get really high, Ghanaian Jollof is not totally shit, huh? And you know what? Why stop at them? Any world leader smoking pot would be awesome. Because they'd just be there like, oh, yeah, man. Mm, that'll be some Irish kush right there. Ah, uh, sir, you are the prime minister of Sweden. That's how you know it's good. Moving on from the world of diplomacy to the world of hip hop and home decorating. Yeah, that's right. The new Drake just dropped and I can't tell you how it sounds, but I can tell you how it smells. Here's a unique holiday gift. Have your home smell like Drake, Bill. (laughs) The singer has released a series of scented candles and the scent called Carby Musk claims to smell like the Canadian rapper himself, filled with notes of musk, ambers, cashmere, suede, and velvet. It costs about 80 bucks and includes a marker for you to write the recipient's name on the candle. Whoa, 80 bucks. I mean, I, I love Drake, but... I feel like he's really overestimating how much I want my house to smell like an emotional rapper. And even if I do agree to spend $80 on a Drake smelling candle, I need to know which Drake smell I'm talking about. Cause you smell different at different times. Like, am I getting Drake before the concert or after the concert? Because the one Drake smells like blueberries with a hint of Egyptian musk. The other Drake smells so sweaty, you can tell that his balls are still stuck to one leg. And finally, the Queen of England. She's the titular head of the United Kingdom and the reason every British actress now has a job. And now she's got a job opening. Here's a job opportunity that does not come around very often. Queen Elizabeth is looking to hire a new personal assistant in the private secretary's office at Buckingham Palace. Now the person will be in charge of managing requests, coordinating meetings and appointments and drafting correspondence. It comes with a two-year contract and a salary of almost $50,000 a year. Okay, okay, 50 grand a year is a decent salary, enough to buy some of those Drake candles, but not enough for the queen's personal assistant because you're the assistant. You're gonna know all the queen's secrets. If she wants to keep her Megan voodoo doll under wraps, that's gotta be worth at least 50 grand more. And the queen better not say it's because the economy isn't great. Because that's a weird excuse to make when you're sitting in a castle. I really wish we could pay you more, but money is really tight right now. Uh, your diamond crown is crooked, your majesty. Oh, sorry. It's because of all the diamonds. And look, on some level, it would be really fun to work for the queen. I mean, think about it, managing her appointments, having tea with her, telling the cops you were driving after she runs someone over, but it's also gotta be super stressful. You know, there's so many tasks to keep on top of. Every day is like, wait, was it feed the corgis and behead the traitor or feed the traitor and behead the corgis? Ah, what have I done? Of course, the truth is these days, a celebrity assistant is just basically a 20 something year old who manages social media accounts, which is gonna be really confusing for the queen. So I don't quite understand this latest tweet from us. What is the it that Idris Elba can get? Before we go, as you may have heard, there is an important runoff election coming up in Georgia. And if you're watching this from the Peach State, the deadline to register to vote online for that election is next Monday, December 7th. Now, if you're not in Georgia, you can still help out by supporting groups like 18 by Vote that are trying to work to engage young people to vote, especially the estimated 23,000 young people in Georgia who were not eligible to vote in the general election, but are eligible to vote now on January 5th. So 
If you're able to help out and you want to support the cause, then please check out the link below. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This has been a Comedy Central podcast. 